0: the soul gem lover of cocoons the golden god himself a is for adam warlock this week on n is for nerd hi everyone i'm ray hancock and i'd like to welcome you to the first episode of In is for nerd where each episode i'm going to try to explain a character so that you and i can both become more familiar and knowledgeable about them This week, we'll dive into the A's with the cosmic messiah of Marvel Comics, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in 1967. His first appearance was in the Fantastic Four comic books, issues number 66 and 67. This is where we kind of get his origin story, but we'll get into that a little bit later. We see Adam in a couple other comics after that, including Thor. But in uh, 1972, he gets a revamp by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane in Marvel premiere number one. This is the point where he becomes more of a messiah-like allegory. His costume also changes at this point. Before, he was just kind of golden in basically some underpants. And now we get him in a red tunic with the classic yellow lightning bolt. From there, he continues in The Power of Warlock, which runs for about eight issues or so, with some of the stories concluding in Incredible Hulk, Volume 2, Issues 176-178. through And that was in 1974. In 1975, Jim Starling gets a hold of Adam Warlock and writes him in Strange Tales, Issue 178 and 181, and The Power of Warlock just becomes Warlock and runs for eight more issues after that. In 1991, Adam became an important part of the blockbuster miniseries The Infinity Gauntlet 1 through 6. After which, Adam was given his own team in Warlock and the Infinity Watch, which ran for 42 issues from 1992 to 1995. In 92, we got the sequel to Infinity Gauntlet in the Infinity War, which Warlock plays a much larger role in. And in 1993, we get the third installment of the Infinity series as the miniseries, the Infinity Crusades. Uh, You may see a pattern here with all this Infinity talk. There's a few other ones that come up a little bit later, but they aren't as pivotal as these three. In 1995, he was included in an interesting company crossover with Malibu Comics. The One-Shot Rune Silver Surfer and then two issues of Ultraverse Unlimited in 1996. In 2002, he and Thanos co-star in the series Infinity Abyss and in Thanos' self-titled comic in 2003 and 2004. He's also part of the Annihilation Conquest in 2007 and joins the newly formed Guardians of the Galaxy in their volume 2, which ran for about 25 issues. This is the version of the Guardians of the Galaxy that most people are familiar with from the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Star Lord Gamora, Drax, and there's a few other extra characters that are present in the comic book that are not present in the movies that may be added later on, so we'll see about that. Uh, Most recently, Adam Warlock has become the Living Tribunal in Jim Starling's The Infinity Finale in 2016. If you're not familiar with the Living Tribunal, he's one of the major cosmic players in the Marvel Universe. So now let's jump into a few people and things that we're going to be talking about while we talk about the origins. ...and the story of Adam Warlock. There's a few enemies that we're going to need to have a little bit of knowledge about... ...and some of his allies and teams he's been on. First off is Thanos. Thanos, the Mad Titan. He was born on the moon of Titan. Thanos was first introduced in 1979's Iron Man number 55. Thanos is the son of Mentor and Susan. His brother is Eros, also known as Star Fox. So if you've ever seen him in any comic books, it's interesting that they are brothers... Thanos and Adam Warlock have had a complicated relationship, uh, to say the least. They both very much mutually respect each other and have been allies about as many times as they've been adversaries. At some points, Thanos has even killed Adam Warlock. Most of the people in the Marvel Universe consider Thanos an outright villain, but Warlock and him seem to be on pretty good terms. You may be familiar with Thanos from the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. He's going to be one of the main villains in Avengers Infinity War. Thanos very often is referred to as the Avatar of Death, whereas Adam Warlock is referred to as the Avatar of Life. Another one of the enemies that we'll run into is also pretty complicated. It's uh, Magus. Magus is a complicated character because essentially he is another version of Adam Warlock who was driven crazy or possibly submitted himself to his darker side according to what timeline he's from in one instance adam warlock is driven completely mad by lord chaos and master order who are the embodiments of chaos and order in the marvel universe then he becomes the magus he founded the universal church of truth to worship him which is uh, another group that adam warlock and his friends end up battling often later he's also created when adam warlock has the infinity gauntlet which is another thing we'll get into as second he expels all the evilness and all the goodness from him to become a completely logical person so that while he has this omnipotent power of the infinity gauntlet he'll become more or less a very logical god uh, Man Beast is someone else we'll run into He was created by the High Evolutionary He's a mutated wolf who was Given heightened intelligence and Strength. Uh, some of Warlock's Allies. Gamora. Her first appearance Was in Strange Tales number 180 In 1975. She's the adopted Daughter of Thanos And the last of her species And sometimes a love interest of Adam Warlock. She's a member of The Infinity Watch and the Guardians of the Galaxy and you should be Pretty familiar with her from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Pip the Troll is the unlikely friend of Adam Warlock. Pip was introduced in Strange Tales 179 in 1975. He's actually a prince from the home planet of Laxadasia. After a night of drinking with trolls on his planet, he awoke to find himself mutated into a troll-like creature himself, so he was stripped of his prince title and fled to the stars to pursue his hedonistic ways. That's pretty much Pip in a nutshell. He definitely enjoy- enjoys his ladies and his drinks. Drax the Destroyer. Drax is another character made popular by the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. His original name in the comic was arthur douglas and he and his family were killed by thanos arthur was then resurrected and his consciousness moved to a more powerful body so he'd be able to kill thanos moon dragon moon dragon's real name is heather douglas hmm So that's another Douglas, and yes, guess what? She was Arthur Douglas' daughter. Turns out she wasn't killed by Thanos, but she was found by Mentor. Mentor is Thanos' father, and he took Heather Douglas back to his planet of Titan. There, she unlocked her latent psychic abilities and became the hero Moondragon. The High Evolutionary, we talked about him a little bit ago. The High Evolutionary is one of the foremost experts on genetics in the Marvel Universe, and he's constantly working to move things up on the evolutionary ladder. He is the creator of the Man Beast, and he also gave Adam Warlock his soul gem. We talked about the Infinity Watch. The Infinity Watch is a group founded by Adam Warlock to protect the Infinity Gems after the Infinity Gauntlet series the Guardians of the Galaxy, Adam was a founding member of the second version of the team, which was created by Peter Quill, Star- Star-Lord. Star And again, this is the guardians that most people are a little more familiar with Uh, other things you may need to know about if you don't know what the infinity gauntlet and the infinity gems are the infinity gems were originally called soul gems they're gems with the vast amount of power there are six of these gems one of them is the mind gem the power gem the soul gem the time gem the reality gem and the space gem The Soul Gem is the one that's most important to Adam Warlock's history, and the Infinity Gauntlet is made up of a gauntlet that houses all of the gems. makes the wearer basically omnipotent, so they can do anything that those gems can give them the power to do. We'll also hear about Cosmic Cubes a little bit in this. Cosmic Cubes are just an item that gives the wielder power over matter and energy. Sometimes they're not actually in cube shape, in which case they're usually called Cosmic Containment Units. That's some of the things you'll need to know about while we jump into Adam Warlock and his history and his origin. So now let's talk a little bit about Adam Warlock's powers. Adam Warlock was a created being, he was created to be a superior person, which makes Adam Warlock's bones and muscle tissue denser than normal humans. This gives him durability and superhuman strength, he's able to use cosmic energies to enhance his strength, and it enhances him to help him heal. He's also able to use cosmic energies to negate things like gravity, which enables him to fly, and he's able to find an internatural space warps for intergalactic travel. He can also project the cosmic energies as concussive blasts. After he received the Soul Gem, which is one of the six Infinity Gems, the Soul Gem has a world inside of it called soul world so when someone is killed by the soul gem their soul goes to soul world the soul gem was given to adam warlock by the high evolutionary who we talked about a little bit earlier because adam warlock came out of his cocoon a little too soon so he wasn't as powerful at the time he produces a strong cocoon around his body to prevent damage and to help him regenerate many times when he comes out of his cocoon he'll be stronger possibly younger different powers all kinds of different things happen to him when he comes out of this cocoon. His physical powers and mental maturity seem to increase sometimes after coming out of these cocoons. He's also been known to be able to resurrect himself, usually coming back more powerful than before. This has happened multiple times. Sometimes he's helped by Thanos, so there are all kinds of different ways that he's come back to life. Whenever he uses his soul gem, it allows him to trap a person's soul in the soul world. I'm using air quotes there, which usually will increase his strength. The more he traps people in the gym, the more he can lose grasp of reality. Warlock has also become an accomplished hand-to-hand fighter over the length of his life. After the Annihilation, he gains what is called quantum magic. This allows him to adjust the rules of science and mysticism to manipulate reality. According to the official Marvel handbook, user of quantum magic can perform various magical feats such as flying, conjuring clothing, energy blasts, creating energy shields, transmutation, and even seal space-time fissures and overlap realities. All things that Adam Warlock has done. Quantum magic can also be used to absorb magic or souls to recharge the user. Now, we'll talk a little bit about the origin of Adam Warlock. The story starts in Fantastic Four sixty six and sixty seven. He is created by the Enclave. They're trying to produce a perfect being. At this point, he's only referred to as him, just H I M. But for the sake of not being too confusing, we're still going to call him Adam Warlock. Unfortunately for the Enclave, Adam has a problem with being created to do their evil bidding so he destroys the Enclave and their base called the Beehive Uh, later we see him in Thor comics in issue number 165 we discover that he escaped to space he wasn't destroyed in the Enclave when when he destroyed the whole thing but he was snaring in a space trap and then was hit by a meteor. So he's forced back into his cocoon to heal up and everything. The watcher sees this, and the watcher is a cosmic being in Marvel Universe that is supposed to just watch and record events and has taken an oath not to get involved. But if you've read any amount of comics, Involving the Watcher, you know that he usually ends up intervening and breaking his oath, which is exactly what happens here. He ends up taking the cocoon and placing it on a US space satellite that is bound for Earth. After emerging from the cocoon, Adam feels lonely and decides to take a mate and has chosen Sith. Sith is the love interest of the almighty Thor, so as you can assume, Thor's not okay with this but Adam is easily able to thwart his attack and the attacks of Baldr the Brave, who is another Asgardian that Thor is buddies with, and then Adam teleports away. Thor ends up following him and attempts like a direct attack on Adam, but again is struck down by one of Adam's energy blasts. When Thor comes to, he realizes that Adam has escaped with Sif, and he's determined to get her back and to defeat Adam Warlock. Thor encounters him again, While battling, he succumbs to the warrior's madness, which is a kind of big thing in the Thor comics. He goes mad for a little bit, becomes way, way, way stronger, and there are apparently certain consequences for him to succumb to that, but... In this battle, Thor ends up defeating Adam Warlock, so Adam returns to his cocoon and heads back for the stars. This is where we move on to a Marvel premiere number one. When we see him again in this issue, this is where he meets up with the High Evolutionary orbiting what the High Evolutionary calls Counter-Earth. The High Evolutionary is made aware of a strange cocoon in space and decides to summon it to his ship. Adam explains that he has to stay in his cocoon to finish his metamorphosis, which the High Evolutionary respects and is totally okay with. Adam is curious of what the High Evolutionary is doing, so the High Evolutionary explains his whole plan of how he created a new world, Counterworld, After the High Evolutionary is done creating this world, he's pretty exhausted, and this is when his creation, the Man-Beast, decides to corrupt Counter-Earth. So what the High Evolutionary had decided to do, he's really into evolution like we talked about. He created an Earth on the other side of the sun and wanted to create it where there was no evil on it. But the Man-Beast, hating his creator, High Evolutionary, decided to come in and mess all of that up for him. Uh, When the High Evolutionary awakes and finds that the Man-Beast has done this, they end up fighting, of course. Man-Beast realizes that he can't defeat the High Evolutionary alone, so he summons the New Men, who are other creations of the High Evolutionary. Adam realizes at this point the High Evolutionary is not going to win this battle against all of these creatures and he emerges from his cocoon early to save the High Evolutionary. The Man Beast teleports down to Counter-Earth to continue with his corruption, and the High Evolutionary feels that his experiment has been tampered with And decides to destroy it But Adam convinces the High Evolutionary To not destroy the planet And to let him try and stop the Man-Beast So the High Evolutionary agrees And this is when he gifts him with the Soul Gem To help him with his endeavors Because he's been weakened by coming out of his cocoon too early And now, prepare for pain, Strangeborn For other sights and senses you have never known before Do you feel it? The sheer awful agony, that is the merest fraction of what it means to be a man. You could have lived forever, a creature apart, drifting silent through the seas of space. Yet now, you'll walk the Earth, a target for the murderous man-beast, perhaps for humankind as well. For uncanny your sacred mission, unearthly your weirdling powers and behold them. Men shall call you Warlock. That's the high evolutionary, and the first time Adam Warlock is referred to as Warlock. Warlock's teleported down to Counter Earth. Four fi- teenagers find him. When he comes to, he seems to have amnesia. They ask him his name, and he says that he remembers that someone once told him that he would be called Warlock. The kids decide to give him a first name. Adam and so became Adam Warlock now that we have Adam Warlock's origin out of the way we'll move on to an abridged history After being named Adam Warlock by the teenagers, Adam fights the Man Beast and actually is defeated by him. He's killed and reverts to his cocoon form again, only to merge a little bit later and defeat the Man Beast with the help of the Incredible Hulk. Later, we move on to another story where Magus has shown up, and he's actually Adam's evil future self. He tries to manipulate Warlock into different situations where he'll end up going crazy and turning into Magus. With the help of Thanos, Adam Warlock actually travels to the future and kills himself before he turns into the Magus, erasing Magus from the timeline and the universal Church of Truth from existence. So uh, later, Thanos tricks Adam Warlock and is able to take the possession of the Soul Gem. He adds it to the other Infinity Gems that he's also collected to create a weapon to destroy stars. Thanos intends to destroy every star and snuff out all life in the universe because he's in love with the embodiment of death in the Marvel Universe. Adam, along with the Avengers and Captain Marvel, they're able to destroy the weapon, but in the midst of battle, Thanos actually kills Adam Warlock again. Spider-Man, who's actually there with the Avengers and everything, accidentally releases Adam Warlock from the Soul Gem, and Adam turns Thanos into stone and uh, returns to the Soul World, where he stays for a little while. In the Infinity Gauntlet series, this is the second time that Thanos collects the Infinity Gems, and he forges them into the actual gauntlet this time, giving him near-omnipotent power. Adam and a lot of the other heroes from the Marvel Universe are barely able to defeat the overconfident Thanos. Nebula, one of his daughters, and you may remember Nebula from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, takes over the Infinity Gauntlet, only to have it taken from her by Adam Warlock. Adam then visits the elders of the universe, who are just cosmic beings like we talked about Eternity and some of the other ones like Living Tribunal and everything, where the Living Tribunal actually declares Adam unworthy of his recently acquired godhood. Since he has the Infinity Gauntlet, he has become a god. The Living Tribunal says, no way, we're not doing this. So uh, while he's possessing the gauntlet, Adam decides for him to be a better god, he needs to get rid of everything that's good inside of him and everything that's evil inside of him. So he'll become just a logical being. He'll possibly be worthy of the possession of the gauntlet and his godhood. But uh, yeah, living tribunal still wasn't wasn't into that the bad half of adam warlock becomes the living incarnation of magus and the good part becomes a character we'll get to know as the goddess both who try to control the universe in their own separate ways in the infinity war and the infinity crusade after the infinity gauntlet saga warlock forms a team to guard the infinity gems called the infinity watch he starts this group with drax the destroyer who is in charge of watching after the power gem He mistakes it for a jelly bean and actually eats it. Gamora is in charge of the time gem. Pip the Troll is in charge of the space gem, which he just uses to teleport places. Moondragon is in charge of the mind gem. Maxim, another character that shows up, eventually takes over watching after the time gem after Gamora and Warlock get in an argument and she leaves the team. In the Cross Company crossover, the character Rune steals the Infinity Gems and brings them to the Ultraverse in Malibu Comics. With the gems gone, the Infinity Watch eventually dissolves. The Infinity Gems do gain access back to the Marvel 616 universe by Galactus pulling a vampire skeleton through a dimensional portal. That's, of course, assumed to be Rune. When uh refer to the Marvel 616 universe, that's just the normal timeline because we get into a lot of time travel. They have designations for what different timelines are, and 616 is just the basic normal timeline that's considered to be just the main timeline. During the Infinity War, Adam Warlock has already been declared to be unworthy of being a god by the jury of the Cosmic Court. The Living Tribunal has declared that the Infinity Gauntlet can no longer be used in the Marvel 616 universe. So uh, the gems can still be used, but the gauntlet itself together cannot be used. Guess what? Guess who's back? Magus is back, and he's being the embodiment of Adam Warlock's bad side. He's come up with five cosmic cubes slash cosmic containment units, and he intends to recreate the universe in his own image after incapacitating the cosmic entity Eternity, who is the embodiment of Eternity. Magus begins uh, replacing heroes with doppelgangers of themselves. This is where we get the character, if you're familiar with Spider-Man, there's a six-armed monster-looking Spider-Man. That's his doppelganger that came from Infinity War. Galactus and Thanos, both on their own, uh, decide to follow and find out what these strange energy readings they've been getting are it's magus with his cosmic cube so thanos goes to warn adam warlock but when galactus discovers him he also discovers eternity and he wants to revive eternity because they'll need eternity to petition the living tribunal to be able to turn the gauntlet back on that's the way they assume that they'll be able to stop magus Warlock, a little bit later, is actually captured by Magus with the uh, inactive Infinity Gauntlet. Eternity is then revived, and the gauntlet's turned back on with Magus in possession of it, and so Magus seems to be omnipotent now. Thanos is able to distract Magus long enough for Warlock to start kind of wrestling around with him. And because he has used the gauntlet before and is familiar with the soul gem, he's able to use the power of the gauntlet even though Magus is in control of it. After Warlock gains control of the Infinity Gauntlet, he's able to bring forth an amalgamation of Eternity and Infinity, and they're able to defeat Magus. Unfortunately, this took all of Warlock's power, and at the end, he ends up in a coma again. Thanos reveals that they tricked Magus by putting a fake reality gem in the gauntlet, which gave them something they could use against him. He thought he had the full power of the Infinity Gauntlet but they were actually changing reality. We find out that the Magus was actually vanquished to Soul World, where he's unable to interact with the other souls there because he's only part of a soul. If you remember, Adam Warlock separated the parts of his soul that were good and bad. And so being in Soul World and only half of a soul, Magus isn't able to interact, and he's basically a ghost in Soul World. At the end of Infinity War, we see a figure with all these cosmic cubes around her, The ones that Magus had obtained. Turns out that is the goddess. This is the embodiment of the good side of Warlock. And the goddess has a plan. She wants to rid the universe of evil. She's able to find more cosmic cubes. Seriously, everyone in the Marvel Universe must have these things just sitting around. Because she's able to come up with 30 cubes in total. And then she's able to form them into what she calls the cosmic eggs. Because comic books the goddess is able to brainwash all kinds of heroes that are like religious or have had near death experiences and uh, she's able to brainwash them and get them to fight for her side. So you have people like storm and daredevil who are very religious or other heroes that have had near death experiences. They go and fight for the goddess because she tells them that she's going to rid the universe of evil. Uh, She creates a world that they call Paradise Omega, and she appoints Moondragon, who was of course one of the Infinity Watch, as her leader of her holy army, or uh, as they call themselves the Holy Guard. The goddess decides to go after Thanos because she senses he'll be a threat. Adam Warlock ends up saving Thanos, though. Then mephisto who is essentially the devil in marvel comics makes a bargain with warlock and thanos that he'll give them information about the goddess in exchange for one of the cosmic cubes or cosmic containment units and they actually agree so they get their information and the goddesses decide the only way to get rid of evil at this point is to get rid of all life so she starts talking about this rapture that's going to happen all of her followers are really into the idea she reaches out to the universe and destroys everything cleaning the universe of all evil because there's no one left to be evil or did she she actually finds out that it was all a ruse a warlock's spirit was laying dormant inside of her and uh, she had no clue And he was able to use the Cosmic Egg to simulate a fake destruction of the universe. So uh, Warlock Thanos and Professor X are able to attack her. Thanos uses Professor X to kind of amplify some of his psychic abilities. They're able to defeat the goddess, and they send her to Soul World as well. Now you have Goddess and Magus hanging out in Soul World and can talk to each other but can't even interact with each other. Uh, so we'll move ahead quite a few years to the next time that Adam Warlock is really relevant to the Annihilation Conquest. Adam's found by Moondragon and Phylavel, who is Quasar at this point. Quasar is another cosmic entity, closer to a person than an actual god. Just a very powerful person that has what they call the quantum bands. Um so Moon Dragon and Philovel find Adam's cocoon, and it's trying to be assimilated by a group called the Phalanx. The Phalanx are techno-organic beings, so they go around and assimilate people and turn them into techno-organic beings as well. So they're kind of living machines that... T- turn other people into living machines. Adam's brought out of his cocoon early again by Moondragon and the Kree Supreme Intelligence, who's the uh, the leader of all of the Kree. Ronan from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie is one of the Kree. If you've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know that they refer to the Kree sometimes, and that's some of the experiments done with a Kree soldier were what brought Coulson back to life. Since Adam comes out of the cocoon early He ends up being much younger this time than before. Later we find out that the Phalanx is actually acting so aggressively because Ultron, who you may know from Age of Ultron, the Avengers movie, is actually in control of them. He's the leader of the Phalanx at this point. Ultron in the comic books is a lot more evil and a lot more scary than the one in the movies. Ultron forces the High Evolutionary to actually transfer Ultron's consciousness into Adam Warlock's body, which of course seems to kill Adam Warlock again. Ultron's plan is to take over Adam Warlock's body and create a lot of other Adam Warlocks to just be his army. This gets a little bit confusing. There's a character from the X-Men universe, New Mutants comics named Warlock, and he's part of a group called the Technarchy. He shows up and they're responsible for the phalanx being created, so they feel like they have to help set some of this right. So now we have Adam Warlock and Warlock. They're two separate people. Warlock is a techno-organic being as well. He's not evil like the phalanx is. Adam Warlock's body is infected with the techno-organic virus, which is complicated, but just know that it is a virus that turns people techno-organic. Adam Warlock's body is infected with a techno-organic virus, which forces Ultron out of the body. The High Evolutionary actually reveals that Adam Warlock's soul had been housed in Quasar's Quantum Bands, and Adam Warlock is restored to his original body. Adam and Philovel are able to defeat Ultron after the souls of a lot of the fallen Kree have been transferred into the Quantum Bands to empower them up. After this, uh, Peter Quill, that you probably know better as Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, expresses an interest to form a team to proactively prevent these sort of things from happening again in the future. Instead of being reactionary, he wants to be very proactive, and this is the construction of the Guardians of the Galaxy. At this time, the team consists of Star-Lord. Adam Warlock, Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, Phylavel, who, again, is Quasar, uh, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, and Mantis. Their base of operation is called Nowhere. It is a floating head of a dead Celestial. A Celestial is another cosmic being in the Marvel Universe. And they actually work with the chief security officer of Nowhere, named Cosmo the Space Dog. He's essentially a Russian space dog that has mental powers, and Cosmo is awesome. This is the era of Adam Warlock where he kind of has quantum magic powers so this is the quantum magic phase of adam's life during the annihilation events the universe had been damaged there were some fissures that were open up adam believes that this is the reason he's given these new abilities so that he can heal the universe he can do science he can do magic now this is what adam warlock does during the War of the Kings, though, the Inhumans detonates what they call the T-Bomb, which creates a huge cut in the universe that everyone refers to as the Fault. Uh, if it's not closed, the Fault could engulf all of reality, which is bad. Fortunately, Adam Warlock, with his new quantum magic, is able to close the Fault, but only by expending a lot of his power, he basically merges two timelines together. The normal timeline, so the Marvel 616 timeline, and then he merged together one that wasn't being used to ensure the future of the Marvel 616 universe. Unfortunately, the future he used was the one where he had gone back and killed himself to prevent the creation of Magus. So, now... While in his weakened state, he's overcome by his darker side and becomes that which he tried to prevent. He becomes Magus. With the help of King the Conqueror and a Cosmic Cube, the Guardians actually go back in time to just before Adam is turned into Magus and try to prevent it from happening. Adam, being unable to resist the change, he can feel it coming on, pleads with Star-Lord to kill him before he becomes the Magus and to save the universe Star-Lord does that. He does exactly that. He kills Adam Warlock. But don't worry, because later on, Thanos, on request of Madam Death, actually ushers a spirit back into the physical realm, and little beknownst to Thanos, it is actually Adam Warlock. So he lives again. Those are the high points of Adam Warlock's life, so I hope you enjoyed that. There's a lot more stories about Adam Warlock, but like I said, those are the high points to kind of give you an idea of who Adam Warlock is and what he's done in the world. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit. I was first introduced to the character during the Infinity Gauntlet in the 90s, and then I read through a good portion of the Infinity Watch series. When I was a kid, we used to go down the street and we would go to the food line there, which was a grocery store, they had comic book racks, and they had strange things on the comic book racks, and one of them was the Infinity Watch. So I ended up reading a lot of Infinity Watch when I was a kid. The next time I really read heavily about Adam Warlock was in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy relaunch. I always really liked his character design. We didn't talk much about it other than the lightning bolt, but later on he has the staff and he, you know, he's golden, he wears a lot of gold and red. Uh when he comes back in the Guardians of the Galaxy reboot, he still has lightning bolts, but there's two of them and he's wearing red and black at that point, so it uh, looks like a much darker character. I'm more partial to the Warlock with the cape and the staff. And I really love and think it's very interesting how he is actually literally his own worst enemy with Adam and Magus constantly struggling against each other. So if you want to read more about Adam Warlock or kind of go through the things that I went through, I would recommend Fantastic Four number 66 and 67 uh, for the introduction and first appearance of him don't expect him to play a huge part in the story he really doesn't come into play until the end of 66 i believe it's one of the last panels and he's more what everyone's trying to get towards in 67 it's it's not a huge thing but it is important and fun to read about when he was created you can read the power of warlock 1 through 8 to learn how he actually became adam warlock instead of just him And how he gets the power of the Soul Gem, which is a very important thing in the character of Adam Warlock. Infinity Gauntlet is a definite thing that you need to read just because it's awesome. It was a really, really good crossover. It'll give you a good idea of who Adam Warlock is and who Thanos is. Infinity Watch, if you want to see the aftermath of what happens with the Infinity Gems after the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, And if you want to get more of Magus, you definitely need to read Infinity War. I don't really feel like it's as good as the Infinity Gauntlet, but it is still pretty good. Infinity Crusade is the story you want to read if you want to read more about the goddess. Out of the three, this would be the one that I would say you could skip if you didn't want to read the whole entire trilogy. Annihilation would be something to read for newer Adam Warlock, and it is excellent. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is really, really good. So those would be what I would recommend to read for Adam Warlock's recommended reading. So here's some fun facts about Adam Warlock. When someone's killed by his soul gem, the people's souls actually go into the gem to a place that's referred to as Soul World. There, the people who were Adam's enemies now seem to be his friends uh, since they're living in a complete paradise Gamora, a lot of times, is in love with Adam Warlock. They have a love connection. The Enclave, when they were creating Adam Warlock, kidnapped the Thing's girlfriend from Fantastic Four, Alicia, so that she could tell them what him or Adam Warlock looked like. She was blind, and Adam Warlock emitted a glow that made it impossible for the Enclave to be able to see him. Mostly, this just caused the Fantastic Four to get involved and be kind of ticked off about the whole thing. The first time Adam Warlock encounters Magus, he goes to the future and kills his future self before he becomes Magus, which means for a while, Adam was living on borrowed time because in the timeline he was living in, eventually he was going to kill himself. So that's pretty wild. So that's it for our first episode of N is for Nerd. I hope you had as much fun as I did learning about adam warlock if you have any questions concerns comments or anything like that you can email me at ray at n for nerd.com and i'll try to get back with you and see if we can answer that stuff on the podcast next time on Inis is for nerd b is for black panther thanks for listening to this episode of Inis is for nerd Inis is for nerd is a completely listener supported podcast i'm able to do this because of people like you if you'd like to support N is for Nerd, go to our Patreon link, patreoncom Nerd. I'll link that down in the show notes. You can also find more episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and innisfornerd.com, or anywhere else that podcasters found. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at innisfornerd.com. Please go rate and review me on iTunes and Stitcher. This really helps me out a lot. You can also follow me on Facebook facebook.com slash in is for nerd also on twitter at Inis for nerd and you can also find me as part of the podcast nerds who get laid sometimes where we discuss current nerd events In is for nerd is recorded at big brown record town in lake city florida all marvel comic characters and their distinctive likenesses thereof are trademarks copyright marvel characters inc. All rights are reserved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.